Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with the One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today by not just one person, but by two people this day. I'm joined by the one Jason Neal, Patrick Harris, Johnston Yellen. Good day. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Philippe Penavon. <laughs> this guy gets it. And the the one and only, the the inimitable Jessica Rabbit Lomas. Welcome, Jess. I was just holding for applause. Why thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like that you do that. Every once in a while you give me suggestions. It's like, can you make sure that you like Make my voice echo here, or you know the global shipping logistics thing. So you you give me like little pointers and where to put bits of audio. So I'll get some applause in there for you. Because sure. I, I listen to too many podcasts where they put sound effects in. It's also actually really a hangover from being a child. When I got to secondary school, in our music class, they used to have these what like kind of once a month they used to get out these Casio keyboard things. Mm. Uh, uh, and yes. then one year somebody donated a whole bunch of them and they all had like sound effect buttons which oh, yeah, yeah. instantly when you're a 12 year old boy is a thing you can't stop just messing with and uh, our teacher used to go absolutely bizarre I feel very sorry for, <laughs> and now as a grown up the teacher probably was my age but we like oh my god he's so old complaining about these buttons but the worst one was there was a button that said DJ and then it changed all the keys into like different drum beat sound effects oh yeah nice <laughs> so every so often the, the class would go quiet and then it would go DJ and then somebody would and yeah that was that was instant detention and you weren't allowed back into keyboard class so I just just love all these sound effects <laughs> My favorite part about that is you led with, as a kid with a hangover. It sounded like you you, you got a hangover oh, yeah. as a child. Yeah. Oh, very very much. We you know when you worked down the mines like you did when I was growing up, you had to have a good strong stout for breakfast, something to get you going. And if you'd had one yeah. too many of the evil gins, uh, then mm. DJ mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. class the next morning terrible, really difficult. Wow. All our Yorkshire listeners are nodding their heads <laughs> while, nurse, while nursing their daily hangover. So uh, here we are, uh, lady and gent. This is season seven, year-end episode, where... What do we discuss? I know we... I know we uh, it's funny. This is the seventh year doing it, and I always forget all the things we do. So I know that we... We talk about what our favorite single cast nation whiskey is. Indeed. Right? We Indubitably. And, and that and that, that and that is, you know, US release or rest of the world release. Mm -hmm. um, we yeah. talk about our favorite non SCN whiskey. All of this is true. Mm -hmm. And then our favorite single cast nation not single cast nation. Our favorite uh, one nation under whiskey episode or interview is there is there anything Indeed. beyond that that we discussed that's it i was i was thinking this morning that in in our general conversation i'd yeah. be intrigued at your favorite event that you either attended or poured at in 2023 oh that's interesting can, can i add one one other thing so favorite event <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm gonna add and this may be controversial, and it may, it may not be, but I would like us to add 
a distillery that has turned your head this year. Now, hmm. they don't necessarily had to have, you know, been your favorite pour, but whether they're doing something, they've had a number of releases, oh. you know, whatever, just a distillery. That's... I already have an answer, okay. and it's brilliant because you've pulled my answer from one category that I was shoehorning it into, into giving my answer its own category. So thank you, Joshua. <laughs> thank you this day. This is a beautiful Christmas gift. I'm, I'm and worried I appreciate that, it. I'm worried that you two just not only helped each other when I am very much underprepared <laughs> for this episode, and also uh, you have created a complete list. Stop that immediately. Hey, there we go. There we go. There must be something else we cover that we're never going to remember, and uh, we're just going to move along with this episode. Who knows if we're going to remember to return to the two things oh, we've just added no, no, in the no, beginning I'm, of this I'm episode. I'm writing a list. He's I'm going to check it twice. <laughs> It's a list. Oh, yeah. no, so we, no. we have our SCN pour, our favorite non-SCN whiskey, our favorite episode, our favorite event, and the distillery that has wowed you the most this year. Excellent. Huh. And I'm just going to call that note a distillery wow. And inspired by Extra Extra, we're going to get this done in a tight 35. <laughs> Last year was nearly four hours. Are you guys ready for this? Oh no, my God. no, the audience is not ready for that. This is <laughs> this is going to be regulation length. There's no extra overtimes here. I really enjoy this. I've had this discussion two or three times of very recent. But I love that our American audience, hello American audience, really enjoy how long these podcasts are. And I've speculated mm. with a few people that it's to do with you guys drive stupid long distances. <laughs> uh, and so therefore, it's like a nice continuum thing to have with you. Whereas people my side of the pond are like, we don't often drive accidentally to Manchester. Could you make the podcast shorter, please? We actually only wanted to go as far as Carlisle, but we couldn't stop because the episode hadn't finished. But I think for Christmas, this could work because I don't know about you, but over Christmas, I definitely get to periods where I've had enough of the farm and I have to leave the house. You just pop the podcast on, do a little walk around the village That's to oof, probably one of the several pubs in my village have a little pint, pop your headphones back on, walk home, feeling a lot better about everything. So I think Absolutely. this could work. This time of year may work for this. Public service. So five hours, guys. Hours. That's what we're in. Five. <laughs> no. I tried to head you off <laughs> in the this, past there. Is this why we're so popular in, in like, down there? Because don't, don't the Australians drive extra long distances? I feel like yeah. they do as well. I feel they do, like, yeah, very, very long, three days in a straight line. Type driving. <laughs> I th I'm sure I've seen, I'm sure I've seen a, a TV show with a comedian called Ross Noble years ago who did like a trip around oh, Australia, yeah. and I'm sure there's a bit where for like two days he's just driving on this same road, not turning, just going. Mm. Maybe I've imagined that, but I, I'm pretty sure I haven't. I think Australia is much bigger than we think it is. It's just because it's all the way over there. Like you guys with your all the way over there driving. All right, let's get something in our glasses. Oh, yes, yeah, we, so I are, haven't poured yet. What are we are we pouring one of our favorites or are we just pouring a dram? So I think we should open the category with with our first individual pour, right? Let, let's start talking because we've got three of us going through five categories. So I think we should probably make a start. Uh, okay, so so the question then becomes is this our favorite non-SCN whiskey of the year or a favorite SCN whiskey of the year? <laughs> I personally am going to choose my SCN, but I'd be perfectly happy if each of you wanted to zag while I am zigging. 
I think we should follow suit. I think we okay. should we should stick within our categories. Let's, let's line it up. Okay. Line it up. Okay. Ooh. Normally, I would want to go with with favorite interview first or favorite episode, but I really want to get something. Oh, else you know really what? Let's do, let's do that. Let's just pour our favorite SCN and then talk okay. about our favorite interview first I, I, okay. while we're while we're enjoying that pour. All right, and then we'll circle back to what we were actually drinking while we're discussing interview. Yeah, okay. yeah, because I, I I like this. Da, 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 da. That's getting a little pour. It's in my glass. I'm getting a pour in here. Oh, Jess, you've got a uh, you got a, a, a handsome pour in your glass there. <sighs> I was about to page HR, though. <clears throat> <laughs> got, got a little bit anxious. A little bit anxious. Ooh, Jess, that's a real handsome. Uh, uh, anyway, Jess, you got in your glass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <sighs> who who wants to who wants to? Leave? I absolutely. I I said this in in last week's extra extra, but shoot, or maybe in the last episode of One Nation Under Whiskey. Who knows when anything is said ever? <coughs> and so I'd said <coughs> the. The favorite episode of One Nation Under Whiskey is such a difficult pick because we don't put in any fillers. There's no interview where we say, well, that was bottom of the barrel, mm. right? Don't need to worry about that one again, <laughs> right? We, we always aim for mm. a primo guest who will elevate the whiskey conversation. And then we get to the end of the year and we say, okay, now who was the best of all those terrific people. And so going back through season seven and into the end of season six, because we do this by calendar year. Oh, shit, that's right. Oh, I may need to relook. <laughs> so as I'm, as I'm going through the calendar year, I'm thinking, yeah, that was a great opportunity to talk to that friend or those friends. And that was a great opportunity to talk to a distillery that I'd wanted to talk to for a while, and there's a producer, and there's someone who who mashes or or malts. You know, I'm just. It really was a year of highlights, but I have put my own feet to the fire. Mm -hmm. I I have got germaline on my wounds right now, and and I I do have I have a selection, and and I'm not I'm not going to announce it right could away. You, could I'm going to give the. I'm going to give the floor over to one of you two. Could, could oh, you though, just really quickly let our American listeners know what germaline is? An, because an, it sounds like you've got an infection. Ointment. Of, of yes, antiseptic ointment okay. that, uh, that is a famous tasting note in things like uh, good lichigs. It's like a root beer kind of. It, it has a definite sassafras, sassafras kind of quality yeah, to it. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever done that, Jess? Put the put the germaline next to the root beer jelly belly. Wow, uh, no, because I don't commonly ingest germaline. It does. <laughs> I have got a, a strange. That was definitely my granny's remedy to anything. Uh, was germaline. It's that if Absolutely. I um, imagine there's a good portion of people listening who's never seen it. It's this like really thick and it's kind of like a really odd pink color. I don't know. They obviously mm -hmm. color it, I think. I think it's got some sort of zinc oxide in it, which is what makes <laughs> it that color, uh, because calamine lotion is the same thing. So, yeah, oh, they're, they're yeah. very, like, old-school remedies for minor ailments. That's what I mean. Yep, I definitely grew up in a germaline family. 
Germaline. Got a headache? Rub some germaline on your yeah, forehead. Yeah, we used to just put squirrels on our feet. Oh. That would, that would cure you. Just like, oh, you got rheumatism? Just wrap a couple squirrels around your I've, feet. And you're I forgot you grew up in West Virginia. <laughs> Mountain Mama. All right, listen. So why not? I, I think it's, it's likely the proper thing to do, the gentlemanly thing to do, to let ladies go first. So Jess, what, what would your what would your favorite episode? So you mean I can already start with the patented Joshua Hatton incomplete list of things that I've liked. Um, I really had a, a long hard think about this. It's not uh, straight off the bat. I'm going to eliminate the episodes I was in because I think that's very unfair. Whilst I had a great okay. time recording and chatting when we chatted auctions, I had a ton of fun when we were at Westland. So if I was not in that episode, I probably would have made that my favorite. But I was, so sorry, guys. That one's out. <laughs> uh, I obviously really enjoyed listening to and could listen to endlessly Bill Thomas talking all things with you, Jason. That was great. Mm. I really enjoyed listening to him. Yep. Uh, Cheers. One of these days, I will make it to Jack Rose. Uh, and mm-hmm. s- stay seated oh, right. there drinking okay. everything until I have mm. got just as great an interview out of him. Uh <laughs> But I think, and you too, I can already feel you rolling your eyes, so. Uh, no, no, no. I think no, in the spirit maybe. of all things Yorkshire, I think hey! my favourite episode was listening to you talking to David Thompson. Hey, what? all right. Awesome, awesome. I loved it because it had the right balance of agricultural nerdy, whilst mm-hmm. also talking about whiskey and obviously about spirit of Yorkshire. And I just mm-hmm. think he's a very charming man to listen to explaining... Uh, maybe a bit of the whiskey industry that we don't really think about too much. So um, that was definitely, I really, really enjoyed that. And I know that was quite a way back in the year. And that's not to say that anything that followed it didn't also pique my interest. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, these are the kinds of phrases I say every time we run a tasting and I f- bully people into picking just one dram. And then what you get is, well, I yeah. didn't hate it. Even though it's in fifth, it was very good. Yes, I know. But you asked for the favorite. So um, that it's I think so tough. think so is tough. my vote. Although I'm sure whatever you two give me, I'll be like, oh, maybe. But I think, you know, uh, no one's going to do me for staying true to Yorkshire and uh, not just because <laughs> it was a really great interview. And I really enjoyed listening to you guys chatting. So there's my vote. Awesome. Submitted. Cheers. Hey, Final man. answer. I Final like answer. it. I like the. All right. Joshua? It's funny. So I had. I had two runners up, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, Jess, Jess has just rolled her eyes. <laughs> I had twenty five runners up. Uh-huh, um, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the the episode with David Thompson w- was in that because because no of the the very same reasons you mentioned. It's it was this mixture of of great agriculture discussion that that. You know, we had sort of committed ourselves to to focusing on, and you know, while the interview was great, it had a special spot in my heart too because it was right around the time I spent you know about a week with him or so here in the U.S. and and you know, just getting to know him as as a person was was really special. So it was just having that extra connectivity to that. Um, nice. So no I, arguments here. Yep. Jeez, uh, and 
you know, the <laughs> Susanna Skyver Barton episode was was really. I, I only looked at that now because Jason, you reminded me. Like, yep. don't forget, we're talking calendar year, not not, not season. So yep. I, I went to uh, season season six, whatever. The, our first January episode. I'm like, oh, that episode, mm-hmm. Susanna's just fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> I want the Jeopardy music playing during yeah. that intro. <laughs> uh, I tell you, my favorite one is a, it's a bittersweet one, and it it was our episode with Matt Hoffman mm. because Matt is someone that we had been talking with for for ten years, basically, right? But before we started the more than 10 years you know we were bloggers at the time and and as we were thinking about starting a company having interviewed them for our blogs and saying would you be interested in selling whiskey to us if we started this company and you know our history goes back so far and and you know having you know this this discussion with him where where they after a number of years finally realized their own peated project like he saw something from beginning to end Mm. Mm -hmm. all the way through and and shortly thereafter uh, you know announces his his leaving the distillery and it just it was this you know odd closure to to that relationship and not that the relationship has has ended but you you know what i mean you know it's so you know i actually went back to to listen to that and it was it's just i love our conversations with matt whether it's you know whether it's a serious one like that or the 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 april fools conversations Mm -hmm. that we've had with Mm -hmm. him and and with steve and just you know we hit it off so well and in westland is so near and dear to my heart so so yeah it's 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 got to (laughs) be To but only Joshua's. What's that? Yeah, not us. <laughs> but only Joshua's. Yeah, only my heart. and dear only to my heart. Jess is strong. Jess doesn't even like Westland. <laughs> who are She's they? never heard of it. <laughs> Westland. Have you heard of that? Do they make uh, whiskey in America that's not in Kentucky? Is, is that a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it can't be You're bourbon because it's not made Jess. in Kentucky. It must be something else. <laughs> that's a, that, I genuinely, when oh, I came gosh. to the U.S. in what month are we on? November. They asked me why I was coming, and he genuinely said to me, they make whiskey outside of Kentucky. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Famously in Tennessee, too. And he went, oh, yeah. This so was go, immigration? Yeah. There you go. There you go. But he was very worried that I had, and I, I've thought about it a lot, very worried that I had paraphernalia on me when he asked me why I was coming to the U.S. And then he asked, I said, oh, we're doing a podcast. And he said, oh. And what is it you think you're going to be doing on this podcast? And I inadvertently, because I panicked, <laughs> I said, trying to be funny? And he didn't smile. So I'm amazed I got let in the country. <laughs> With my what paraphernalia. paraphernalia do you think uh, they That's thought? what I'm curious yeah, like, about. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if he didn't mean like that Mary word. Jane? That's what you need for a podcast? And I said, oh, well, I'm, I'm working with an American company, so I don't have any equipment with me. I it's just me coming with a suitcase and he said oh ah uh, yeah okay yeah, fam- I'm coming fam- to record there's a recording equipment I don't have any mm. yeah I, okay I could see that 
getting into a little bit of trouble for you. But uh, thank goodness you made it in and thank goodness you were part of the recording. Oh gosh, yep. Do you think he listened? You Do you think he got to see whether or not he thought I was funny? <laughs> I was going to say, you should have got that You should have got that guy's email address and sent him a link to the episode and said, who's funny now? <laughs> Maybe He's he like, put me in a file. This? He wouldn't let me back in. <laughs> I thought I was listening to a podcast, but I'm listening to a podcast. Like, who are these yeah. people? She yeah. lied. Track her <laughs> she down. She lied. Cancel her passport. <laughs> I have her email address. <laughs> All right. Well, those are those are very worthy, worthy choices. Mm-hmm. I have decided to go the selfish route, Jess. But, but mm. it is also unselfish in the same moment. All right. Uh-huh. Which just feels so wonderful and so perfect. And so I have chosen an episode that I was not in my usual seat for. And... Jessica Rabbit Lomas was in my seat instead. This is this is an interview that I chased or I didn't even chase. I hoped for for a number of years and then through Andrew Miller, the champagne of people, um, (laughs) I received an introduction to Thad Vogler, who wrote by the smoke and the smell. And I got to be in San Francisco. I got to be at Bar Agrico. I got to be brought an oat milk latte by the man himself to our interview from a uh, from a coffee shop that his friend owns down the street. And we got to sit just one on one in a silent restaurant, just talking about the book, mm. talking about the industry, talking about San Francisco. And I had an absolute blast and and thad and i have continued to be friends since and and occasionally text back and forth and the episode dropped the day after my birthday and the day before jess's birthday and how often do you and i jess get to talk about our end of june birthdays living and working with these two early december jamokes not enough (laughs) i think for 2024 we can start a campaign to make the end of June very important. I don't think I think we should. There's nothing else happening. Everybody's finished from the fesh. Everybody's gone home. Uh, the weather for most people is starting to get a bit nice. Kids there are starting to think about being off school. I think it's just a great time That's of year. I really think the beginning of December is very heavily overrated. Yeah, heavily. The, the thing heavily. is... This is great. We're totally ganging up now because there's two of us and only one of these early no, no, December no. birthdays. <laughs> no one's going to remember it like... People remember us because of the world famous, you know, remember, remember the 6th of December, right? Everybody <laughs> knows that. So like, remember, remember for the 27th was all or about. 29th of June. Like that doesn't really, you know, roll off the tongue. But we're just, we're giving an option. We're giving you a long weekend. You're just providing a 24 hour one and done. Gone. <laughs> I also, yeah. I also like, like you, Joshua and, 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 and Jess and naming episodes that she couldn't name got to name some episodes. Um, I do want to give a special thanks to Susanna. Yeah. yeah. Because I because I think her year in preview mm. really gave us topics uh, on which to hang our hats and and nail our pressy for for season seven. And we did go down the path of 
talking more agriculture and, and david thompson is definitely up there for me oh, yeah. um so so the on mac sisters uh, yeah, um for sure you know so as you know we spoke to one monster off the record we spoke to one monster on the record um that was wonderful conversation as well so I, I i feel like it really influenced how we ran season seven and i'm excited for the year in preview episode um that that we have we have talked about internally perhaps we told you perhaps we didn't jess um but but you are also going to be part of that year in preview episode uh, as we talk with Susanna uh, in 2024. So a thank you and a look forward, which I think this time is is always about. So there you go. Yeah. I will stop talking about episodes, but gosh, what a year. Yeah, I'm going to really dust off my of crystal it. ball for 2024. That's it. That is absolutely <laughs> it. You know what we should do? I think we should continue drinking our SCN, favorite SCN whiskey. However... Let's leave the whiskeys till the end. Let's talk about our favorite event. And then let's talk about oh. the distillery that's wowed us the most. And then do the whiskeys. Okay, I quite like that idea. What, what if we weaved in a non-SCN pick along the way and then save the SCN announcement for the end? Okay. All right, so let's do... So that means... I kind of feel, though, if we're going to name the non-SCN pick, then we need to, to, it needs to be in our mouths while we do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pouring mine right now. Oh, I'm so glad you've it. assumed that I have brought multiple uh, glasses to the podcast. When last year oh. you guys had me trekking across snow, I had to ring a doorbell, <laughs> there was a whole thing. Well, hmm. I, I figured if you were coming from your house, you may very well uh, be surrounded by... Are you ready for this? Ooh. So I have I have a problem, guys. Uh-oh. Just the one. My problem is my whiskey of the year, I don't have a bottle of it. Oh. oh um, uh, but I have a you... bottle of my runner-up, and that's what yeah, I'm I pouring. Think... Yeah, I, th I, yeah, you're okay I feel that? like that's happened before, okay. and we've we've talked okay. to that. Oh, I this this sounds like a familiar problem. Okay, all right. And it is a problem, right? Mm, absolutely. I, I no heart and soul here for you. Heart Terrible. Well, I also don't have mm, any of my non SN picks because okay. they're just too darn delicious. I've drunk them all. All right, that's fine. I, I think that's totally, totally fine. I, I don't think we need to pretend that we have the winners in the glass. I, I do, <laughs> so that's totally tickety boo. But, wah, wah, wah. but if, but if you don't, let's let's just talk to that. I think that's perfectly fine. So well, good because it's not an awful lot we can do about it. Nope, you are correct. Well, we could pretend, but let's not pretend. No. So do we? So do we go in the in the same order? Do we go? Jess, Joshua, Jason? Do we go Jason, Joshua, Jess? Do we well, are, are we going into event? Event and then into non-SCN, then into... Ah, event. Ah, yeah. okay. Oh, oh okay. So we're, we're, we're sticking the non-SCN in the middle. Exactly. Okay. okay. Just, to, just uh, to give us some whiskey okay. to talk about. Otherwise, we're talking about a lot of things that are only tangentially, tangentially related to whiskey. All right. 
Whiskey's already kicking in. He can't pronounce the word tangent. Uh, to follow up from being selfish with my episode selection, this question really came to mind for me mm. because I wanted to be selfish in talking about my favourite event of this year. And, and, and really because I was thinking about it over the weekend and we circle back to a place where you are hopefully getting closer to, to showing up, Jess, which is... Um, I was at Jack Rose Dining Saloon uh, mid-December with Tamara, my wife, who famously doesn't drink. And, and we had dinner with a couple of friends who do drink. And I got a chance to speak with Brittany, who is the GM at Jack Rose. Hmm. And on the day of premiere drams, she was running around like a crazy person, a headless chicken, a blue arsed fly, like whatever whatever we say in 2023 to reflect a crazy person. She to, 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 to give me a, <laughs> wow. a, an insanely busy person. I know I'm digging a <laughs> hole deeper as I'm trying to do. Crazy person. Yeah. yeah. When you find yourself in a hole, you should keep digging. So tiggity boo, <laughs> mission accomplished. So, so yeah, she just, she runs around and, and I had a little spe special pour for her and it had come from having a little special pour under the table and, and it was so nice just to talk to her and just to reflect for a minute mm. on premier drams and how it occurs across multiple floors, across multiple buildings. Mm. And it is so well attended, so incredibly well supported People of DC and and you know Northern Virginia and and parts of Maryland and Delaware, it's incredible who comes out for it, and so I poured there. I had a chance to ship some product direct from our bottling hall in Kentucky mm -hmm. that was being premiered at Premier Drams. <laughs> what a box to be checking on mm -hmm. that one, and incredibly well received. You know, I, I, you and I just talked about this the other week, Joshua. You know, the westward had people stopping in their tracks and looking back to it yeah. and saying, well, "What, what was that again? Yeah. What, what was that one?" And the Westland peated in Pinot de Chiron, right? Crazy, having a password for a bottle that was on the table that we had told people about on this podcast, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It was, it, it was just really tremendous, really, really awesome, and. And I could keep going on about it. I, I think the greatest compliment I can pay it is that I am counting down the days to returning to it next yeah. year. And as soon as Bill tells us the date, which Bill moved it around the calendar a fair bit in 2023. <laughs> it wasn't the easiest thing. But each time he gave me a date, I said, that is in my calendar I will not schedule anything on top of that. Even when he said he was going to host it July 4th, I said, not a problem. I will be there. So it's wow. a it's a cracker, and I'm excited to get back to it. All right. There you go. That's some high praise. High praise indeed. Very high. Very high. Well, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you went first because you basically sprung this idea on us at the beginning. Those, so. are, the, those are the best ideas. <laughs> and, and, I, and again, I just wanted to come up naturally in conversation, right? When yeah. you hear me talking about Premier Drams, yeah. 
what jumps into your head, yeah. right? Not what are you sitting there scheming month after month, no. but just, no. oh, I hear the way he talks about that. That reminds me of yeah. X. So for me, and this was back in September, I want to say, September, I was in San Francisco with uh, Ali Chilton and Chanel Corey. And we got to do a three-way tasting event. No, I can't say it like that. <laughs> I have learned. I have learned, Joshua. I have learned. <laughs> Please don't say that. I have learned. <laughs> I wanted you to say rap battle. A rap battle? <laughs> I would pay money we to witness a, that. We had a three-way rap battle. It was like the Beastie Boys. Yeah. I think Nelly would absolutely crush Nelly both of you. I think yes. Nelly would take that hands down. Because yeah. she would weave in some prints there too. You know what I mean? Like she's like, right. she'd lay it all down and then she'd say, and that's what it sounds like when the doves cry. <laughs> <laughs> Where you and Ollie are the doves. We are the doves. Because we cried because we lost. So no, seriously, you know, the, the three of us had this tasting at a, a private club in San Francisco where we got to taste some single malts of Scotland, some single cast nation. And if memory serves, uh, it was, it was some elements of Isla as well. Jeez, that part of mm, it, I'm nice. a little fuzzy on, but what <laughs> was that later? Well, I mean, you know, it, I was less focused on, on the whiskey and more focused on just the, the three, you know, it was this open room and we were just sitting on couches and, and people would come to us and say, hey, wh what do you have? And, and there would be these times where, where you know, someone would come to Ollie and, and say, hey, can I try X? And he'd reach over to me and say, hey, do you have that bottle? And we would just be <laughs> passing bottles back and forth and, you know, pouring for people. You know, some people knew independent bottlers, really knew whiskey. Some people didn't know at all. Mm-hmm. But what I what I liked about it is, you know, for me, these are two people that I that I look up to the most in the industry to, you know, two of a handful of people that I really look up to and uh, and being able to pour with them side by side as an equal made me f <laughs> <laughs> made me feel uh, made me feel pretty good. Uh, that's very nice. Yeah. yeah, those are two super people to be hanging out with. That is very nice. Yep. And man, Chanel kicks ass. She just kicks ass. And she, you know, she starts yeah. talking and people listen. And, 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 and I just, I love that. I love it when, when someone, anyone can just capture the attention of people and these people stop talking they say okay something important's yeah. happening here right every time i've seen her walk into a room to present she's always said i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble All out of bubble gum. gum. And then she puts the sunglasses on. That's a movie reference, on. Jess. That's from a movie that you 100% have never seen. Try me. <laughs> have you seen it? Joshua. What movie is it from, Jess? I have no idea. 
<laughs> There's a Scotsman who's the who's the lead the lead actor in it. Rowdy Rowdy Roddy Piper is not Scottish. He wears a kilt. <laughs> yes, yes, he does, and his name is Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> he is not Scottish. Is he not? It's actually his last name no. is Piper Stein. That's the funny thing. <laughs> Uh, what, what is the name of that movie? I, I can remember the movie. I, they Live. I've seen that I movie don't... all the way through a couple of times, maybe multiple, but because my brother and I loved WWF at the time, at the time. and getting a chance to see Rowdy Roddy Piper in a movie, absolutely. Not my kind of movie, but oh, I love him so in it. so good. And one of the things that I loved about this movie, too, it was a John Carpenter movie, if I remember correctly. Shit. Oh, really? I, 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 I think so. Told you that. I think so. And if you pay attention, there's there's these scenes where he just focuses in on the eyes and uh-huh. the people are just like looking around and it sort of directs you to the next scene when someone looks to the right and you know that's your cue to like oh and they're gonna look over there now and oh i loved it so much and jess you need to watch this movie it's such you do jess such a you great do. movie i, def- I definitely know the line definitely know the line i'll hate it wow of the no, three no, films no, i've no, ever seen you'll love it <laughs> After Sweet Scout made you watch all the Star Wars uh, movies and episodes, and now here you are being told to watch They Live. I'm not, I'm not, not dead. Movie, I mean, I made it to the end, right? So enjoyable. It's a great movie. The story is fantastic. Okay. They Live. Oh, please watch it, Jess. Please yeah. tell us what you well, think. Well, maybe, maybe I need Even some if you hate it. cheerful festive viewing because last Christmas I made the mistake of watching The Banshees of Inneskillen, which let me tell mm. you. Is not mm-hmm. the festive uh, jollities you're hoping for. After I'd finished watching yeah. it, I went back to where my family were, and I was like, "Anyone for a drink?" <laughs> Can you that say all of that again, but but sing it as if it were a Wham song? No. Last Christmas, I watched this movie. Yeah, you know the exact point Joshua stopped listening was when the wham started playing in his head. Wham, and it was after no the two words, said. last Christmas, and he was gone. He had left the conversation at that point. Do we accidentally just whamageddon people? We totally there you go. People. I did We're not. We're going to rickroll people a little later. Podcast listeners, please don't hate me. It was all Joshua. <laughs> yeah, we have we have the banshees of Inishinan on our uh, uh, to watch list. But how do you find the right time to watch? There is no right a movie time. that has that type of advanced billing. And afterwards, you need to watch like I don't know Barbie or something totally. Yeah, a hundred miles the other direction live. at first. Or they, or they, or they lived. Okay, right. Day Barbie. Okay. Uh, all right, what was your event, Jess? I'm I'm really curious to see your or to so hear I had your selection. A, uh, it's quite difficult because uh, there's been a chunk of events that we've done that I've really enjoyed. Uh, and I started thinking further back in the year because it's very easy to just think of. I feel like the second half of this year has vanished really Absolutely. quickly. Yeah. So yeah, six months are missing. I tried to go a little bit further that, back than that. The first bit of the year was a little bit quiet for us, but um, I definitely really, it all started kicking off, I suppose, when we kind of got to the end of May. So uh, the first events I was really enjoying pouring out, I would say, uh, would be with our friends, the Watts of Campbelltown. Mm. Oh, nice. So the Watt Whiskey Festival is a great fun little stop off. Uh, There's always a bunch of people. I got to hang with uh, a chunk of other indie bottlers, which is always fun. 
um, mm-hmm. including uh-huh. our good friends at Claxton's. That was fun being on a table oh, nice. next to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin and Tom. Uh, and uh, we had a ton of fun as well afterwards. The after party is always really great fun. But because people who come to the What Whiskey Festival, obviously, um, I would say maybe a little bit more well-versed in whiskey. So they come with a different set of questions, which is always fun to answer. Um, and we were pouring some really tasty stuff. So that would be on my short list. Uh, I also had fun. Uh, Wait, that was the short list? Oh, that was, That's not yeah. the selection. Oh, I thought that was the selection. Oh. Okay, no, no, okay, no, well, listen, if you want up. a short list, that's fine. Do you, well, it depends if you want this, like, Oscars style. I'll tell you the, the nominees and then I'll tell you the winner. <laughs> uh, I also hosted a couple of masterclasses for Tel Aviv Whiskey Live. Uh, indeed. Uh, which that's was right. a foray into the unknown some time ago now. Um, yeah, where I got to pour for Eve's our importer. So I did mm-hmm. two night sessions with them. Um, and that was a ton of fun seeing um, some of my pals from Tel Aviv and Israel um, and also nice. pouring whiskey for some new friends. Um, and I also, I really enjoy, really enjoy being at Westland. I, I promise you I'm not sponsored by them, but I could be if they wanted to. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's only one reason why I would take as stupid a route in and out of the US as I did. Uh, and that was to that event. And that was great fun. Um, to yeah. just be back in one of my favorite distilleries uh, with a really nice crew of people and having access to people like Anna and Tyler and being able to ask them whatever you want um, and the whole crew just hanging around in the distillery. Very cool. Going around, petting some casks, recording a podcast. Mm. You know, everyday, well, everyday activities for being in Seattle. And let's be honest, Jess. When we're at Westland without you, and in, in, in recent history it hasn't happened that often, but when we're at Westland without you, it feels like something and someone is missing. Yeah. And so the fact that ah. you did take that circuitous route and you did come for that tasting, that selection, that recording, the hangout with Anna, Tyler, Jason, yeah. uh, uh, Phoebe, <laughs> the gang, you know, incomplete Joshua Atten list. <laughs> um, it, it honestly meant the world to have you there. 100%. And so... Thank you for doing that. It really helped to make that event even more special. I, I really don't think it was an option to not be there because I'd probably still be sat crying into my Glen Cairn if I had, I... especially having seen the hijinks that happened and the fun and how much everybody loved it. I would, yeah, still be very miserable about the whole thing. So it was non-optional really, but delighted to have gone and been a part of it and, you know, a really fun thing to get to call that work work when mm. <laughs> when i pitched it to you in our weekly meeting i pitched it as 99 percent sure slash hopeful that you were going to make the trip and you were going to be part of it but there was a respectful one percent that if you had to remain at home and it wasn't going to work for any number of reasons that would have been okay but yeah when, when you were like yep I'm going to be there. It's like, yes, boom, yes, let's do this. So cheers. Yeah, thanks. It was a, a great event. So I think I think that's, uh, oh, you need an answer, don't you? You need an answer. Yeah, you've named your three nominees. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Which one takes yeah. it? What's gonna Which take one the gets gold? the statuette? I am going to say what whiskey, 
because I think it's really fun to be part of these small events that are growing in Scotland and in my own home turf. Home turf? God, I've got a whole <laughs> accent. Home turf. <laughs> Uh, and I wow the people in Hull all of our <laughs> fans in Hull are smarting right now is, there, is it not just because there was a an actor who I can't think of it was now who just came out saying he thinks the sexiest accent is Hull and the name will come back it's like it'll come back to me but uh yeah so they then had to go and find loads of people from Hull to interview to give examples of this accent and there's a very good there's a great comedian called Lucy Beaumont who they wheeled out for most of it to be like hey tell us about Hull and just go in YouTube Lucy Beaumont she's very funny uh, but Absolutely. her accent is just what fell out of my mouth there um yes so Mark and Kate Walt um I think it's really fun to be part of an event that's run with friends and uh, pouring for people who are so attentive and interested and because of the positioning of the time when it is it's people who have a love for Campbelltown whiskey. It's got a people who are excited to go to Isla. It's just got a really great buzz about it. And everybody's kind of like G'd up and excited to try some whiskey and what are you pouring and come and tell us a bit about yourself. So mm. I think it's yeah. a ton of fun yeah. to be involved in it. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great way for me to kick off my week on Isla um, and to spend a couple of days crashing around Campbelltown too. So that's where my vote But I think that, that vibe that you describe is exactly my experience at Premier Drams, which is nation members across multiple floors and multiple buildings are making a beeline for single cast nation to yeah. taste what's on the table yeah. and to ask questions, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And it's a chance to eyeball members of the nation who are supportive online or in retail stores who you don't normally get to eyeball. And so I, I love the fact that all three of us are talking about a very similar vibe right all three of these very special events were made by the people who are around us yeah that's that I, I really love that part of it not one of us maybe to our detriment not one of us has talked about sales right <laughs> not one of us has talked about how bottles got shifted on the back of it it's there were some really awesome people that i got to spend some time with pouring Really good. Are we meant to for. sell things at these tastings? No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Okay. Let's not. In our end of yeah. year, let's not change our ethos. <laughs> Let me get all the way to 2023, and then you said, you know, is that just something you're supposed to do with these bottles? <laughs> wow, wowzers! It is interesting. Our accountant does call us into his office at the end of year. Before. I, I thought it was just to share a dram. Who the heck knows? <laughs> <laughs> move on quickly run away from this so i think yeah. that covers Me. nice events nice fun things yeah i think it's people both sides of the table it's not just the people you're pouring with but it's always it always um eases the pain especially if it's a you know if it's a, if a festival is a long day which let's be honest some of them are long days oh, yeah. Yeah. it can make yeah. your time go by much faster if you've got like fun company either side of the table and i've always said it way i mean like way before i was single castination one of the things that always stood out for me about the Jubilee, and I'm laughing because this will trigger a whole bunch of people writing in about the Jubilee. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Jess. You're welcome. Uh, was the attentiveness of the people who were looking after you. I felt as much a guest pouring at the Jubilee as I think the people who were enjoying imbibing in the whiskies responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's amazing. And I think Julie and the crew at Glasgow Whiskey Festival definitely deserve a shout out for that because they, they have mm. a, a whole army of volunteers who do a great job. 
of making sure there's a never ending round of teas and coffees, water jugs being refilled, snacks coming to the table. You know, like that's that's the kind of thing that makes me really glad to be taking part in a festival is that I feel a little bit looked after as well. <laughs> that's nice. That's yep. nice. Put Please address all Jubilee comments, questions and concerns to Jessica Lomas at info at singlecastnation.com and we will just forward them straight on to her. So. Everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast knows to find me at jess at singlecastnation.com. What you don't know there is that I've got go. a GoFundMe starting for the Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> and you would know right, that Joshua, if you're on social media. <laughs> she's gone Jubilee on us. What are we covering next? <laughs> So we are yes. Let's let's get off the jubilee here, um, <laughs> no. which we loved. Though though, having said that, watch this space. Now I'll move on. All right. So <laughs> please address all questions, comments, and concerns to Joshua Hatton at info at singlecastnation.com. Uh, so now now that we've gotten our favorite episode out the way. And the, the way. favorite event, <laughs> <Done with it. laughs> right? That that we were a part of, out Indeed. the way. We are now ready to discuss our favorite non-SCN whiskey of the year. Now, Jason, here come the rules. And so I, I want to make sure of the rules, right? So, so. In the past, it has been favorite whiskey that was released this year. But then we've we hit some speed bumps, or not speed bumps. We've we've hit some some obstacles a year here, a year there, where we said, "But wait a second, I didn't try anything that was released this year." Uh, but I did try something that was released a couple years back that I tasted only this year. And therefore, it's a new whiskey to me. And so, yeah, we've 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 definitely gone down that path. I I was thinking about this rule or this addendum, yeah. um, in thinking about we can't pick anything from your birthday party, God. like from your whiskey. Come on, we can't do that. Why? I, I mean, they were all opened brand yeah. new. Yeah, come on, let let's leave it open, Joshua. Whatever you've tasted this year that that took it for you, I I will not. Uh, what do we say in, in our house? I will not yuck your yum. So whatever <laughs> your yum is, please feel free to share it with our very dear podcast listeners. So, so I had I had two runners up. <laughs> no, come on, no. three, no, three, five, no, five, no, no, I'm I, no. Listen, I held my own feet to the fire for podcast episode. So we will do winner. And solo runner-up. Okay. He's so getting meaner let, as this episode goes on. Let me let me <laughs> I give you from last year. <laughs> let me give you the tasting note because remember I don't have the whiskey that won, but I do okay. have the runner-up. And man, okay. were they were they close? Okay. All right. Okay. So, so you're going to give us notes for the runner-up, and then you're going to tell us what yep. it is, and then announce the. So the notes on this, on the nose, you, you've you've got a, a bit of. There's a coastal quality coming on, here. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. But a sweetness, like almost, uh, like crushed apricots and and creme fraiche. Mm-hmm. 
the coastalness is more like a salty brininess. It doesn't really smell peaty, but it's coastal and briny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, but it's so fruity. It's it's fruity. <laughs> it's nutty. Think apricots. Think toasted walnuts. Uh huh. Okay. On the palate. Uh huh. And he tasted this this year for the first time. Okay. Okay. So it's not the imperial that got him into imperial. So we know, we know we can take that out of the consideration. Mm. There's a bit of. Spice coming from the get-go, from beginning to end. There's spice straight down the middle of my tongue. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's coastal, and there's a bit of smoke, but it's delicate. It's so <laughs> delicate. The most painful. Oh, okay. I've, I've got I've got a bit of a guess. I know that. I'm racking my brain in what we went through on that Friday night, and those brain cells did not do well that night. So this is... But I, I think I know. You keep saying the word delicate enough times. So this was I, not tasted that night. This was not tasted that night. <laughs> Clang. Because you were like you weren't allowed. Never pick so listen. An Impex bottle my of My other runner-up was this bottle of pinch, and you wouldn't <laughs> let me talk about it. Then had me guess. The pinch from and the 50s. Then, and then his winner was an M&H from the Impex portfolio. So <laughs> Joshua can tell you a lot of things, and he can zig and zag within his own answer. So I also right. like so that this we, one was not we think there. he can remember what he drank on the Friday night to know that it wasn't well, on the table. The, <laughs> I, think I know I they all remember. got put on his desk and not on his <laughs> shelf, so I figure he had something within easy reach. Okay, so this wasn't tasted on the night. Yeah, I, <laughs> is it? Um, uh, so this, I'll, I'll narrow it down for you. This was a U.S. only release. It is cask strength. Got it. Okay. It is a single cask. Okay. Is it from an independent bottler? It is not from an independent bottler. Uh, is it a distributor or importer exclusive? I know you said American. Is it as wide as that or is it within no, key states? No, it's, it's more... Is more pinpointed, and and I will say, I I broke one of my own semi rules in in selecting this. Right, so I, I think this is from one of your top five distilleries. It is. But when you said is, single cask, I panicked because I don't it, think the thing that I was going to pick is a single cask. Yeah. It, Were you thinking Arden America? Boom. Jess? Yes. Yeah, oh, Arden America was excellent. Arden America was beyond excellent. And, and tasted in such a special way yep. uh, <laughs> with, with all of us in Elgin. But no, is it a single cask or is not? This is a single cask. Yeah, and Arden America was not a single cask. It was cask, not, right? no. But, yeah, I, but I agree shit, with. man, was that, was that a special pour. Oof. But no, this one. Right. Hey, here, let me give you the, how would you describe this color? Yes, Jason, tell us what color you would call this. This is not sang- <laughs> yes, this Mr. Is not sanguine blind. copper. I purposely stayed quiet so you could give the color, Jess. Oh, well, yeah. It's a reddish blonde, is it not? Mm. Yeah. I would I would call it honey. I would say clover honey. I'd be on board with that. Yeah. Clover okay. honey works for me. So so is it so is it from the Arden American distillery? It is not from the Arden American okay. distillery. But it is from the Impex portfolio, which is the rule that you're breaking. It is, and I'm breaking the rule because this is just 
Okay. It is just so special. I've got to. I got to throw rules to the to the wind. Right. Fuck rules. Uh, Pendaren. It is not Pendaren. Uh, M and H. All right. Now you're just naming names. Think about the tasting notes. It's well. That's but that got us to Arden Arden and that didn't yeah. work. So now we're now we're zigging in our own response to you zagging. Uh, should I just put you out of your misery? Yes, please. No. <laughs> um, I mean, we've discussed the color, so there's really nothing else you can tell us about. <laughs> okay, uh, here here is the here is the last thing that I'll tell you, and, and I'm afraid that this may this may give it all away. Well, that would be perfect if it did. Okay, this whiskey was matured in my favorite cask type. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sauternes. That's right. <laughs> Man. It's not like a Kilholman 100% Isla in Sauternes, is it? It's definitely not 100% Isla. <laughs> <laughs> just because just you were talking about so subtle and so soft and so coastal, it, yeah. it made me think of the reduced peating levels in the 100% Isla. So it is a Kilholman? Yeah, so, so, yeah. So here's the thing. So it is a Kilholman. This is the... Kilhoman for Warehouse ten Liquors. Year single cask. Yep. Ten year old single cask celebrating the the 40th anniversary. Ninth day of the sixth month. Well, that was my uh, first. I was like, uh, for 20 Bartley. days away from perfection. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, you, you would think given the. So, so again, this is a 10 year old single cask, uh, cask number 36 from 2013. Bottled uh, 9th of June 2023. It says Sauterne finish. So bourbon mm-hmm. and then Sauterne. And, um, you know, the peating level was so delicate here, you would think it's 100% Isla. However, 100% Isla spirit and Kilhome and Port Ellen spirit are so very different. This doesn't have that 100% Isla herbaceousness that comes through. So part of me wonders, postulates, could this be one of the lower peating level, you know, quote unquote, unpeated Kilhomans that was mm. then finished in, in Sauterne because mm. it's so delicate. It's so Interesting. soft. Interesting. But it's the Sauterne is doing everything I want it to be doing with the Kilhoman spirit and then some. It's just gorgeous coming and going. And I own a bottle of this. You do own a bottle of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's that part whiskey, of the criteria. <laughs> so that's whiskey number Jason, two. Jason's lost a little track of his Kilhomans. So good. <laughs> Thank you. Whiskey number one yeah. was part of a larger series. <laughs> that we only got samples of. Uh huh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and they were selected or put together by our dear friend Ollie Chilton. That's a double name check I'm in one you. episode right there. Yeah, keep, keep talking. Ollie Chilton. I'm nearly there. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It is the 31 year old Linkwood that nice. was Lady, Lady Macduff. She was leading. Very nice. She that was, was a cracker. Absolutely. Yeah, absolute cracker. Right. Now, it, it was between that go. and Men Teeth, but, but Lady Macduff just won out. Just gorgeous coming and going. Yep. 
Very nice. What a couple of little cracking options there. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that Jessica bottle is 750 pounds. That's why I don't have a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> we will return to this theme momentarily. Yeah, go on, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Very heavily influenced in this nomination series for me. Uh, uh, this is really tricky for me because um, I've drunk tons of stuff this year. Calm down. Don't ring my phone. Uh, some of which has been really magical. I just did a stint of whiskey judging and because the... Um, results are not back from the World Whiskey Awards. I still don't know what some of the things I've put a little earmark next to that I'm... Ah, it will be the spring okay. before I get to get the opportunity to ask very kindly, please will you tell me what these are? Because there were some absolute belters in there. Hmm. Um, so that's one of the most frustrating parts for me is not knowing what the samples were. That really annoys me. <laughs> um, it makes it much more impartial, of course, but... Very frustrating yes. to drink something and be like, I would really like a bottle of this to be told. Can't tell you. Um, wow. So I've had a little head scratch. I uh, was thinking about things that I drank again earlier on in the year. There was a couple of really cool things I got to drink during the Feshil on Isla. Um, the first thing that I thought that was pretty awesome was the um, first public... Um, and a, a sort of, I don't know if I can call it a release because it wasn't a release as such, but the first public pouring of Bowmore. Um, David Tan has been working on a 100% floor mm -hmm. malting project, which I've been mm -hmm. hearing about for a long time mm -hmm. and how good it is. And this wow. year um, they did a special masterclass if you booked to do the maltings tasting. Not only did you get to go make snow angels in the barley in the kiln, uh, you got to try this. Um, it's young. It's only, I think, six or seven years old off the top of my head. Um, and it's 100% floor malted right there at Bowmore, which I think wow. is a very cool legacy project for David to have started having yeah, ticking absolutely. away in the background. Um, I was surprised because the bottling is from Virgin Oak and it is, I think it's still sat oh. above 60% because it's not very old. Um, wow. So it's a, it's a chunky little number. But like you're talking about the difference between a Kilhoman Port Ellen malting and the home malted, as you could call it, I guess, uh, the texture in this Bowmore is totally different. And it's really remarkable. And I, one of the things I have loved for a long time about Bowmore is the way that smoke carries itself. And in this, it's just, I think it's kind of ramped up, but it's not... It's not as if someone set fire to the whiskey. It's really cool. So definitely, okay. I will be keeping wow. a keen eye on Bowmore mm. to see when they want to let us have another wee sippy of that, because it is... Mm. Just a um, quick question for you. For sure. their floor malting stuff, I love how you talk about texture, that, it, that there's an obvious difference between the texture. Do you find the, the fruitiness is amped up? Is there anything else that's different from their floor maltings to, the, to what they bring in? Yeah, I think maybe the fruitiness is there a little bit more. And I, I don't know if that's because maybe the malt's not worked as intensively as it would be in a commercial maltster because they are mm. still, I guess, in the process of handling it themselves. They don't do it for the full year round. I think they only yeah. do a couple of batches of it a year, yeah. if maybe only one. or something. Yeah, so like they don't, they're not doing a huge amount of it. So for the um, whiskey to be solely their own product, I think is really cool. Um, and seems to be very popular within people higher up and they want to see more of Bowmore doing this. So I think that's yeah. a really cool opportunity for... I mean, obviously it is happening at Laphroaig, they're doing it, and like you say, Bowmore are doing a small amount of it themselves. Mm 
anyway, but to see the opportunity of moving towards, you know, like 100% is really cool. And to have, uh, you know, for David to be given creative freedom, basically, to see as he fits with the production and how to run uh, all the equipment afterwards, I think is pretty cool. And he, when you talk to him about it, he's so excited about it and he's so proud yeah. of it. It's such a, a cool liquid. So I was really excited when I found out that was going to be an option. You could go to a mass nice. class. It was nice. first thing in the morning for us. We managed bleary-eyed to stagger from our uh, <laughs> cottage <laughs> out to the distillery. It was well worth it. Really delicious whiskey. Yeah, so I remember from, from our time interviewing him uh, when Josh and I were in the warehouse with him doing that interview, and he started talking about his floor malting mm. experiments yeah. then. And you could see him just start to brighten and lighten. And there was this kind of giddy kid enthusiasm, uh, which I love seeing in people who have the opportunity to play around at distilleries in the way that we don't. And so that really resonated. And so to hear you talking so highly of those experiments Mm. is really cool, Jess. And it's... Uh, it's I'm really, really excited for that. Yeah, it's young whiskey. So I was ready for it to be like an exciting work in progress type, you know, uh, forgivable that you can see where it's going, that you're really sure. there for the story yeah. rather than necessarily the end product. <clears throat> but I tell you, I, I just was really blown away by it. I was really impressed. I do have a bottle of it that we haven't cracked. Um, I'd like to hold it and maybe like keep it for comparisons to put <laughs> with other ones in the future if they will allow it uh-huh. out of the door again. Um, but yeah, super cool. Um, the other really cool thing that I got to try, and I, I can't make it my non-SEM pick of the year, but it was pretty high-end exciting. Um, my friend Boris has worked with Lagavulin. Uh, he and a couple of uh, friends, they also have an independent bottling line in Germany. So if you've ever come across them, they are Wu uh, Dram Clan. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. And they had released their own casks of distinction Lagavulin, which... I was very ah, lucky. I got to try a little oh, wee nice. sippy of it. It's not every day you get to try a 30-year-old Lagavulin single cask. Nope. So, uh, that was <laughs> pretty magical. Everybody knows I love Lagavulin. They're consistently in my incomplete top five list of whiskies and have been <laughs> since the very beginning. So they're really cool. Um, my other, I feel like this whole list is from Isla, and it's not deliberately. I think it's because this year I've just really enjoyed PT whiskey. I've gone background to lots of PT goodness. I um, was being in the Bon Accord and getting to try with James Wills, getting to try the new Kilhoman 16, which has been uh. a wee bitty controversial. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are a little bit grumbly about the price of it. Um, but I think if you shut your eyes and try the liquid, it's delicious. You're getting to try some of the oldest stocks that the distillery have and are never going to be seen again. Uh, and I just love the way the distillery have really kind of like kept it true to themselves and I think for the same reason as when you're talking about Kilholm and Joshua like I think with your eyes shut Kilholman's really easily recognizable because it just is so even when they mess with different casks or the you know hyphenated unpeated it's still got a really recognizable character so to me that was pretty nice yeah I don't I don't. I, Are I we going see, three nominees in a pick? Or yeah, I'm just going to keep listening things until again? Jason's she's like. She's just going to keep going. We have <laughs> yeah, four more hours to go through here, so yeah. she's just going to keep going. In February, I drank. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really hard for me to make a pick because I don't often repeat whiskeys too. So um, if it makes me go back <laughs> to it, then it is. 
<laughs> There's so many wonderful foie 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 moments. Oh, what does he say for the last sometimes, few minutes? Sometimes I'm worried when I you taste do this. so many well judges. Did she mention the 30 year old like Bull in single well, cast? My friends were pouring this for me. <laughs> and kind of David Turner poured this in a master class. <laughs> like, oh, no, I, I, I tend not to drink whiskeys twice. Oh, <laughs> it's such an awful spoiled princess attitude to have, for which I apologize <laughs> profusely. <sighs> It's just really, I don't know how to tell you guys. I'm a big deal. Um, so what's the favorite out of these? Out of these, or have you? Well, not my final one. I was going to tell you they were my runners up. I was going to undo okay. the work I did okay. in the previous category. Uh, okay. My favorite thing that I am drinking currently yeah. is uh, um, a bottle that uh, has appeared in our house. That's a Klein Leash, and it's uh, from the Remolts collection. Oh which I've always God. said if Klein I could Leash have any money and I could build a little collection. Uh, so yeah, the rare malts. Sweet Scott's not here, so I'll just have another generous pot of it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, dear. Uh, this is what a, was the year on bottling? This is a 1974 Klein Leash, 23-year-old, and it was bottled in 1998. Foie. Foie. <laughs> I know. Foie. <laughs> Look, there's, there's only certain outlets. You know, if I have this conversation at home with my mother, she gets really panicky. She thinks that I'm... When I start naming that I've drunk more than three things in a you know a short period of time, she starts thinking that she needs to ring, get me into a program somewhere. This, this podcast, I'm with friends. This is a safe space, right? Even though I think yes, I've yes. put most of you off me right now by being like, I drink a Reynolds. It's, it's a clinic, it's not a brora, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we allowed the category extension to something I tasted this year mm. as opposed to it was released this year when you've got a 1974 released in 1998. What's the, uh, what's the distilled date on it? Does it list the 1974 distilled date? No, it just sticks at 74. You can look them up. There's a very good book it uh, is June written by... Jason. Is it Ingvar Ronda? Oh, interesting. No, I may have misspoken. Yeah. So, but there is a very good Rare Malts book that was written about all of these that talks about the release in the era. Like, this is yeah. a... For people who don't know what these are, go and look them up. They're an incredible collection that Diageo released at the end of the 90s of liquid, the likes of which have never been seen, seen since. They're all at pretty yeah. high uh, volume. This is 59.1. <laughs> Some of them are over 60. Yeah, There's the Del Ewing I always look at is well over 60. Yeah, they're from an era, I think, where Diageo had pretty hot casks. None of them are finishes, to my knowledge. I think they are just bottled as they are. Natural cast strength was kind of what they were talking about. Nobody at that time was particularly talking about finishing and second maturations or any of that kind of stuff. Um, they're an incredible collection, and I've had some absolute belters when I've been yep. a lot lucky enough um, to try them. <laughs> so when this one snuck its way into the house, I was like, oh, hello, new yeah, friend. I, it's, a, it's a series that I have followed for 25 years mm. because they started being released at the very beginning of my whiskey journey. Mm. And oh. so when this rare malt series started appearing, and, and I think, was 98 the first year of them, or, or had they happened in 97? I feel like it's fairly near, the, if it's not it's, the first first, it's I right think it's very right near the beginning of, of them. Right? And so we were cutting our teeth on Laphroaig 10 and, and Highland Park 12 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and these rare malts appeared and they were 80 pounds a bottle and I remember just like 
who's drinking 80 pounds a right. bottle whiskey? <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a student at the University of Aberdeen. Yes, we've got a tasting society, but we were bringing in drinkers for every yeah, month. Yeah. So you can, you know, we, and we would taste through eight whiskeys. It would cost five pounds to get in, and it was three pounds to be a member. Yeah. And so 80 pounds for one bottle mm. was a lot of money. And yes, you can only imagine over the last 25 years watching what they're doing in auction. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I should have begged, borrowed and stolen money to buy them all at 80 pounds. But it was still so early on and whiskey was still rebounding at that point. And we didn't realize that 1970s whiskeys were being sold in the 90s because yeah. they couldn't there was no buyers for them yeah. in the 80s. That's what I mean. And so they had just sat in warehouses. Never to be repeated. There's, um, they I, did I, try to, off the back of it, a few years later, there's another collection that's released. It's called The Manager's Choice mm, that is very much in vogue of this, but it's not... Yes. Um, it wasn't half as successful. It was released at already uh, adjusted pricing, should we call it? Um, the book, sorry, is written by a gentleman called Ulf Buxred. Who, oh yeah, I know that name. Uh, has written a few other whiskey books, um, but yeah, it's if you ever get a chance to read the books, well worth looking at just for having the collection because not all of the uh, whiskies were repeated. There is actually a couple of bottles, I think two or three different ones that were released just for South Africa, and um, there are ones that went uh, to the US. So it's it's quite okay. an interesting seeing at the time where whiskey was being sent to what markets. Um, the only bit that's a bit sad about them is they do suffer from 90s Diageo corks, which means that they're terrible for evaporation. If you see them in oh. auctions, and I used to see them a lot, yeah. the levels can quite often be in the shoulders or like below, and it's just because the cork quality was crap. Yeah. Uh, so the evaporation is mm. pretty high, and you can see it on the foil. Sometimes it looks a bit bubbly. It doesn't mean anybody's messed around with it. It's just because these high ABV whiskies are actively trying to escape out yeah. of the bottles. So, yeah, you can you can lose a little bit that way too, which is mm. sad because they're very cool so that's my cheating non-scn release of the year yeah, yeah jason follow that yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so jason. i will i will keep it to my runner-up and my winner and my runner-up is the runner-up and i knew when i tasted it it was my runner-up for the year. The, the flavor profile is such, this could be a, an easy take-home whiskey of the year winner, okay. right? Again, it's from uh, Ollie Chilton's selections. Uh, this is from the first Macbeth series. Now which one it is? That was <laughs> revealed. I know it's not even a guessing game. I'm hoping the listeners know exactly which one it is as well. Um, it was the first witch that we tasted. It was the moment at which yeah. I thought this this series is such a home run. And for Dave Broom to be taking notes and then for them to be pairing that with Shakespeare to then go through a list of casks to put into bottle. Like, what is this? 19-year-old Ardbeg for £650 a bottle. $550. Is this one? This one's $550? I just looked at it. I was just looking I'm at buying it. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was $650 and I wasn't buying yeah, it. No, okay. There you go. And that's that's before oh. VAT. Or no, that's that's not VAT. That's included. including VAT. That's, that's with including VAT, right? VAT. So less yeah. VAT, it's three dollars, Jason. 
Done. I'm buying two. Easy peasy. <laughs> well, it's just become my whiskey of the year. No doubt about it. <laughs> but but in tasting it, you know, those flavors, it was so heavy and so smoky and, and such a good example of our bag and such a good example, like you're saying in in your uh, winners, Jess, or your, your runners up, like it's just what Eyelid can do mm. so well. Mm. And I, I was absolutely in love with it. And I do have my little half hey. sample bottle oh, I do have half uh, sample sitting sample. in front of me. <gasps> uh, just just if it just if it needed an emergency pouring. So we uh So we, I have mine too, but mine just say like sample one, sample two, and I don't remember which one is my my link with, <laughs> but I have it here. This is crazy. So I feel like Joshua's trapped in an escape room. <laughs> it's like, I, I have the key, but I don't know how to use it or where to put it. Like, I have all the numbers, but I don't know which is what which. What order do they go in? <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. So, so there you go. So there's my, there's my runner-up that is an easy, easy, easy runner-up and, and could have just as easily been an easy winner. I am, yeah, I'm not going to say any more about that 550 because... You really got the wheels turning at, at six. Just to be it clear, it's four fifty-eight, excluding that. <laughs> and my <laughs> birthday talking, just passed. It's going to get cheaper and cheaper. Four dollars fifty-eight. Wow, I should have bought it in the US. <laughs> yeah, my birthday both just passed and will soon be here. This seems perfect Done. timing. All right, my my winner is is also a very easy one because I've I've talked about it all year long. However, oh. I did discover in Connecticut right. that it is not without controversy. So, mm. um, I, I how how to describe this? I I tasted this uh, with the person who selected it, with the person who bottled it, with the person who's selling it, and and I thought a. Is a distillery that I love in a style of cask that I'm not overly excited about. However, I do love the spirit that is connected to said cask. And and when I tasted this, I thought it was absolutely exceptional. It's bright, it's fruity, it's spicy. Um, it really resonates, checks so many boxes for me. It's a good strength as well. And then I found out in Connecticut yeah. that a couple of people for whom I have spoken so highly of this bottling, okay. it didn't resonate in the same way. And I huh. and listen, we've all got different palettes, right? There are some things that resonate in different ways, yeah. and some that hit in different ways. Totally fine, right? <laughs> and it's totally fine that Jess Lomas and Michael Nolan experienced this whiskey differently than me. And Sweet Scott, don't let him out of it. Uh, wow. <laughs> he at least had the sense to keep quiet. <laughs> huh. Do I like it, Jason? Have I had it before? You and I loved it together, Joshua. All right. I love it when we love things together, Jason. Just you and me. You were you were not present at my original sampling of it, but I I did bring you a bottle and proceeded to drink a good portion of your bottle. Oh, at the party? <laughs> no, no, but it was threatened. No, it was threatened. But no, this was back in Philadelphia in the spring of the year. 
I just love doing this too. I just love watching the twist in the wind. I like that he's pausing <laughs> as if he's just going through either a Rolodex or a spreadsheet of yeah. things. When were we in No, I remember because I remember we went to Monk's Cafe, right? Yeah, that, that, good. Was, that, was a, that was a highlight. Good, good. Uh, and we opened something together. We did and open something. Drank a lot of it. On, a, on the same night, we were drinking some very good spirit of Yorkshire. Uh, whiskey as well oh shit that's right i remember the spirit of yorkshire yeah so much so that i gave you my the rest of my bottle you loved it so much which which i loved so much i shared it with our friends at virginia distillery company Mm. and they loved it too Mm. if i told you i had great difficulty getting the cap off my bottle for this it's episode. It's the Westland from a mescal cask for Jack Rose. There you go. Nice. That's exactly correct. Cast twenty five forty. It is subtitled "Fruit of the Earth." So they, they like to do subtitles on their releases. So this is "Fruit of the Earth." So hold on a second. Uh huh. Jessica Rabbit Lomas, <laughs> the world's <laughs> premier Westland fangirl. <laughs> Didn't they love this one so much? Uh, To be fair, maybe we've only had the neck pull. To be fair, to be fair. I have to go back and correct that immediately. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe we just, we cracked it open on a night that maybe we were just not feeling it. And it's super weird to me because obviously it's Westland, but also because it's Mezcal and I love Mezcal. So in my head, it's a no-brainer. But I, I don't know, just that first pour of it really wasn't feeling it. Was it, was it because... So this was my issue with it, and, and it's an issue with a very, very, very small eye. My issue with it was the mezcal almost overtakes the spirit. Almost. To the point where so it's almost 50-50. That's, that's Michael Nolan's concern with okay. it. My, my take is not that. My okay. take is the Washington Pale Mall yeah. really shines through. And then you've got the mezcal going on. You know, could it be 50-50? I don't think that's a bad thing. Could it be 60-40 mezcal? That that would certainly fit with Nolan's experience mm-hmm. of it. But I just think it's so bright and so fresh and so perfectly spicy and smoky with the brightness and the fruitiness of the Washington Pale Malt. Uh, and even today... Even when I'm thinking, I'm about to announce this as my non-SCN of the year. When did I last taste it? Are Jess and Michael Nolan correct? And I taste and I poured it here while we were talking and tasted it. I still passionately love it. I am still hugely impressed by this Westland in 2023. Well, I, I have not, I've not fully dismissed it, and I will definitely be going back to it. It was maybe it's the it was the spiciness, maybe just the night that we were trying a few drams and it just didn't jive with everything else. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, it's the West, it's the Westland, it's the Washington Pale, uh, which yep. is not my favorite. I think oh, five malts my for the for what it's yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. So maybe as well in my head, I went in expecting one thing and I just had a, a totally different. I have a definitely yeah. not written it off, written it off. Um, I think we were also trying it with a whole bunch of other Westerns at the same time. I think we were definitely having Caleri and we were drinking the Bellwether <laughs> Cask Exchange. Caleri. That's a lot, Jess. Yes, yeah, so it, it was a lot of things to to mix 
all at once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's what it was. I'm maybe tonight after my tasting's finished, I've got a little Christmas <laughs> tasting happening here. Uh, yeah. And, maybe and I'll, to I'll be, crack it out again. To be clear, to be clear, neither you nor Michael were were of the. Wow, you picked that. That's total garbage. You know, N- neither one of you were like no. that. It was just more like a interesting. It it maybe didn't hit us in the way that it hit you, which is why. A, I stuck to my guns and, and made it today's selection, but also I wanted to have this conversation because you do know Westland and you are well-versed in Westland. And so to know where it falls within your Westland palette, as you've just explained, is tremendous. You know, we don't name the whiskey of the year to say this is legit the best thing of the year. Everybody go out and buy it right now. It's to say... This was the best thing I tasted in 2023, and, right. and I passionately love it and return to it and, so, and enjoy it every time. So with that in mind, do you do you select a whiskey that also, because I do this, I tend to select a whiskey that takes me off guard, where it's presenting mm-hmm. oh, sure. flavors that, that, you know, I just hadn't experienced before and and if 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 this cask is doing anything and, and by the way dear listener i've just poured uh, a little bit of that westland that's what it does this is showing me flavors that westland hasn't shown me before which i quite like but still riding that westland washington pale male pale, pale male. malt <laughs> there's a lot of variations mm. could go horribly Paul wrong there. like the old cigarettes Exactly, back to Monopoly. But it's still riding that 100% Washington Pale Malt right through the centre of the experience. Mm. And then there's all the jumping off points from there. So is it an experience? Yes, absolutely. Is it a really good whiskey, to my mind? Yes, absolutely. And so it's not just an experience that makes you go, well, that doesn't taste like anything I've had in 2023. It's a, well, that's bringing new ideas Mm. to... Mm -hmm malted barley mm-hmm. distillation okay. and I, that's what I love about it okay. that's what I return to there we go fair look at that we, we're we ticking the boxes here <laughs> best episode best event best non-SCN whiskey we're now dear listener and, and dear co-hosts we are now at the distillery that has wowed you the most in 2023. Would you both mind if I went first? I would love no, it. No, please do. Yeah. Because the category that I was going to shoehorn this into mm-hmm. was runner-up <laughs> place number two for best thing I tasted oh, this okay. year. And and so to have, to have a category of its very own. And so... You know, very simply, we did a blind barrels, blind tasting. Mm. We went around the doors of what is this? Where is this from? Could this be American single malt? No, this can't be American single malt. (laughs) Is this from Balveni? You know, we went around so many doors. And when we got to the final release of this being Santa Fe. Yeah. And I have been following Santa Fe without tasting Santa Fe, without visiting Santa Fe, and to have my first experience be completely blind with it, Mm. my eyes were wide open. And we have have talked since that tasting of, 
How do we source Santa Fe Cass? How do we have a conversation with Santa Fe? What would it look like to go to Arizona and visit Santa Fe? It is absolutely front and center for me. And it's another one where I've got a little less than the half sample bottle okay. sitting in front of my face day in and day out so that I am thinking about Santa Fe every single day that I'm sitting at this desk. So, yeah, I, I love the fact that that question got brought up today. And I love the fact that I was ready to go with an answer. No, no <laughs> worries at all. And yep. again, we're talking American single malt whiskey, right? Do we love Westland and the people at Westland? Absolutely. Do we love VDC and the people at VDC? Absolutely. And do, do we love other American producers of American single malt whiskey? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, we mentioned Westward earlier, right? Our friends at Copperworks. It's an incomplete Joshua Hatton list because <laughs> there's so many good so ones many. out and about. So many, right? And we added a new one for us to that. There you go. And that's Santa Fe. So as you can tell, I'm excited and I'm very hopeful for 24, uh, 2024, to be tasting more barrels from them. Um, He's so, so. excited. And he just there can't hide it. He's about to lose control. I have no, I have no first place runner up, second place runner up. I got to take a shoehorn and put it in its own shoe. And he thinks he Life is it. good. All right. <laughs> okay. One Josh, of you right? two. Tell oh, is it me? Do I go? So yeah, I guess I guess the idea of a distillery that excites you the most this year can take the place of of sort of that runner-up non-SCN whiskey of the year. But it allows you, I think, to really talk about them more more broad more broad strokes. Yeah. And the number sure. of releases they've done, or if they've made a statement, changed production, you know, whatever, right? There there's all sorts of criteria we could talk about. In twenty twenty what year is it? Three. Three. Okay, so in 2021, very late, maybe as early 2022, I had declared this distillery as entering into my top five distilleries writ large. Mm-hmm. We're back to our friends uh -huh. on uh, McLean's Nose. On McLean's Nose. And... They just keep knocking out of the park. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. It's Ardnamurkin. From from the Ardnamerica bottling, which was that Oloroso and PX, it just floored me and floored every person I poured. This was why I brought the bottle with us when we were in Scotland together. That was our road with when we were off the road. That was a road, special share. Right? That was yeah. a ton of fun. Um, you know, I, I gifted a bottle of this to Michael Nolan for Hanukkah. It just, you know, I just think it was Whoa. that special of a bottling. And then, you know, while I had the two of them, and by the two of them, I mean Connell and Carl. What's going on? What's going on? You're, you're gifting it to us too today? No, no, is no. Is that no, why no. you called us here? No, that's not why I no. called you here. Oh. Are either of your names Michael Nolan? It's like I'm an Oprah moment. Seat. Like, you get yeah. a bottle. You get a bottle. Yeah, look under you your seat, Jess. <laughs> yeah. I guess Santa Hanukkah is real slow in Glasgow. Uh, <laughs> <when>, look <laughs> at the way we just derailed this uh, whole thing. Mine must be in my spirits bag. I must have picked it up <laughs> yeah. while I was there. When, uh, when I had Connell 
and Carl over here doing the Arden America tour, they also had a bottling of their unpeated whiskey from a champagne cask. And it was, I forget the name of the champagne producer. It's like Paul something. It's like the last name ends with a D. Do you know what it is, Jess? It's La Noire, I think, but I've pronounced that wrong. And there's definitely no D in the name. There's no D. And then an S. Okay. Oh. No D. With an, with an S, not with an L? It starts with an L. Yes. L A U N O I S. Just like earlier with Last Christmas, I haven't heard any part of this conversation since I gifted a bottle to Michael Nolan for Hanukkah. So, <laughs> what are we talking about right now? So, so I think that Arden American are also the official or um, are helping to import the champagne to the yeah, UK. So, hopefully, we will see more of their lovely wines and I'll be so, able to drink it alongside the whiskey. So that whiskey in particular, they, they, you know, it was never coming to the U.S. They just brought it as, you know, something to sort of build out the tastings that they were doing. It present all of the fruits that I loved from the 31-year-old Linkwood that was, that was my number one, right, from the Macbeth series. All of the fruits presented there were present in this Arden American champagne cask, the Paul, blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, just albeit brighter, younger fruit. It was just remarkable, all the things that it was doing as a five or six-year-old whiskey. And it's clear that, you know, with that bottling, it was clear that you don't need peat to hide sins when the spirit is that good, right? Unpeated, champagne cask, Arden American spirit just there for you. And it, it just floored me. So I, lo I love what they're doing. I love their approach. I think the people behind it are doing smart things. I think that um, when they released McLean's Nose as a as a you know high malt content blend at such a damn cheap price they're they're putting McLean's nose what did i say mclean's and what should i say mclean charlie mclean yeah but you never say charlie mclean right mr mclean right he's bald he has the earring he helps you clean things <laughs> is that him his magic erasers are his magic pure erasers magic. are excellent but uh yeah so i just I, I feel as if they're putting out old school whiskey today, and I like that. That's all. Just impressive. Impressive as all get out. Very nice. All right, Jess, let's... And, uh, just really quickly, that's the second time I broke my rule. I'm not meant to mention any Impex things. After, after last year, we knew, we knew the... The rules were broken. <laughs> rules are made to be broken. Hell, we're tasting things from 1998, again, release of the year. So here we are. Yeah, it's okay. all fun all and right, games. Right. We're just hanging out. All right, Jess. No, no runners up. Just boom. Straight oh, to well, it. Oh, well, this is like super awkward. Straight to Because it. my answer is also Arden American. <gasps> is it Arden hey, American? So we can just sweep this whole oh. category and I'll go, ditto. 
So what I want to change your... mine. I want mine to be Ardemore. <laughs> what and are it's, your reasons? It's also on my list. Look, not that the podcast listeners oh, can hear hey, Ardemore. Look at this. Yeah, it's not, it's so I've shown notes. my working. It's not just a copycat, <laughs> cop-out answer. Uh, I think because I've been following Ardemore for a long time from... There, while we wait releases, going mm-hmm. to you know Good Spirits and picking those up, they've been a ton of fun uh, liquids to try along the way. Uh, I think it really cemented it for me was going to the distillery this year and being allowed to run around the warehouse and try different things, point at casks and yeah. be like, "What's that? What does that taste like?" Uh, and so, that was. Can I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Wasn't it Rosie yeah. that did while we wait? There's been an well, yeah, yeah not bottling. It as the name of While We Wait, there's been a series of Ardnamurkin that were like AD releases in the oh, blue bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While it came okay. along. So, yeah, they weren't called While They Wait, but that's a. Yeah, a just phrase. all the different batch know, numbers with the. With yeah. the, the, the big and it had like um, a spirit thermometer, you know, like that you see in the uh, spirit safe. Yeah. Cut out the side of the bottle so you could see the level in your bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were really good fun and surprisingly good quality from the get-go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we bought, I think, the first one to pour for the club as a kind of, oh, let's see what this is like, you know, for something that's coming along, see how we're doing. And e- every year we were like, well, this is, if this is this good at this, you know, stage, we've got something really cool on its way. So nice. when they started releasing proper, you know, fully matured legally, and ready to go as Ardnamurkin was just a ton of fun. And, mm. yeah, visiting the distillery, being looked after by Graham and uh, Jenny and Connell were there and the team that were around, the guys in the shop, they're just a great bunch of people yeah. uh, and a ton of... It's a great distillery. If you can make the pilgrimage that far out to the furthest possible <laughs> bit of Scotland and then a bit more. Uh, when we went up to pick the casks, um, the ferry was still off, so we had to do that whole extra loop through the Glenfin and Viaduct, oh. which is very pretty, but must be incredibly irritating if you live out there. And the ferry's it adds not on uh, an, an extra hour and something. Yeah, tons, it? tons yeah. of miles. Yeah. Um, and when we finished at the distillery, we we stayed over and we had a great dinner cooked by Graham. Uh, the morning after, they said, "Oh, you really should go see McLean's nose, and uh, go out to the lighthouse." And I, I thought they were joking when they were like, they said that was another hour's drive. I was like, we'll be in America by then. There's no more of this mainland to get to. Um, so, yeah, if you go out there, the team make it worth more than your while for venturing so far west. Um, but I, yeah, like you, I think they are just putting out consistently brilliant stuff. And the fact that we drank the Arden American from... Uh, Ram shackled selection of four incredibly shitty glasses, <laughs> uh, which were not fit for purpose, and yet it was still absolutely uh-huh. delicious and fantastic yeah. liquid. Yeah. I think is testament to you know we weren't even giving it a fair start, and it still absolutely shone through. So picking two casks from them was an absolute honour, and um, mm. mm-hmm. I'm very Good. happy with what we've ended up with. Moving right along, foot loose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun, come share it with me. After much waffling and much adoing uh, and round the housing, I think we should get to our final category, which is our favourite mm-hmm. SCN release of 2023. Here we go. That's tough. I find this category to be the toughest of them all, right? Because we select all these, so they're all... Our babies. Right. So it's like the episodes all right. it's from like One Nation episodes, Under Whiskey. Yeah. We've circled back yeah. in the same idea. Yeah. Also, you can't cheat here and pick a whiskey that was bottled in nineteen ninety eight. 
<laughs> you just watch us. <laughs> so this is my mind inception of SCN from 1998. Okay. Well, I've been nosing mine intermittently. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. only getting more it's delicious. And it's it. making me incredibly hungry. I would call this colour uh, Iron Brew Dyed Koi Cup. <laughs> Which I let me tell you, you listeners of the podcast one. who know I'm how much I love discussing color. When I decided that was the color of this whiskey, we had a long discussion internally whether or not you needed to add the word carp to koi, yeah, or if you would just was. say koi. And deep, I would deep. say koi cup. <laughs> standing by. We met people who would say koi fish and not koi carp. And then people who would say koi. Yeah. I've never I can't, heard of koi carp. Maybe that's a UK thing then. I yeah, just so. maybe it's like saying pin number or oh, ATM no, machine. But that's bad. ATM machine. But that's our point. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm reinforced like that's bad. <laughs> I tell you, I saw some really lovely koi carp at the uh, Treehouse Brewing uh, on my way up and down from yeah. the old Connecticut's. <laughs> Is and they were almost exactly this color. I was going to say, so about this koi carp coloured whiskey in your, or what, iron brew stained koi carp colour? Died, not stained, not a monster. <laughs> died, sorry, <laughs> sorry, died. D-Y-E-D. No yes, need to write D-I-E-D. Yeah. No, no koi carps or fish or otherwise were harmed in the production of this liquid. Yeah, exactly. All right, oh, this is, yeah. Gosh, I could have bet the house on your SCN Whiskey of the Year. So talk, at least talk to us about selection. Talk to us about what drives you with this selection. Again, we're back to talking about your knowledge of this particular distillery. And, and again, this- internally, we know this color. But to our listeners, they still don't know the distillery. So this is a surprise to a number It's not a surprise our- to a single podcast listener who's listened to anything <laughs> I've said this episode. <laughs> Uh, I um, so not just this pick but when I am picking casks with you two when we are talking about samples I get asked this quite a lot how do we pick a cask and sometimes I give a slightly sarky answer uh, because oh. people always want to know um, how do we know what's going to the US and what's coming mm. to RLW mm. markets uh, and I sometimes tell them it's done by thumb wall Nobody's once ever questioned me how we've done a thumb war over FaceTime. Um, if I'd said like rock, paper, scissors, that'd probably be more, I don't know, feasible. Um, and sometimes I think the answer is I think about what the palettes this side and the markets I work with, what they're looking for in a whiskey. Hmm. Sometimes we have to get a bit unglamorous and it's a little bit to do with pricing. Uh, but it also apparently I have to sell liquid, so it should be stuff that's you know oh, sell it sellable. We're back I, to I, this again. Is that, Wait, is that the technical test? Yeah, it's our end of year it's sales meeting. Time. Apparently, it's gonna be so <laughs> awkward when you realise I've kept everything we've ever bowled in a shed. <laughs> it's a very big shed. Um, and so yeah, I, it's funny because I think between the three of us we have pretty similar palettes. There's not too many things I think we disagree on. There's one or two marks that mm. I don't particularly care for but i know that you do one of you will care for more than others but i i do think and i i have to say this that when we pick stuff as fun as it would be to just make every release shit jess likes 
Uh, I also have to think about not everybody agrees with me on whiskey. That's an insane concept I appreciate. There's nothing, I can hand on heart say, there's nothing we've ever put out to date, including before I worked for Single Cast Nation, that I have hated. There's stuff that doesn't work for my palate, but I can still see the merit in it being a technically sound whiskey. It's just Mm -hmm. that it's not something I'm going to run to the store and grab. So I think that's a fairly forgivable statement. This one, however, I am actively dissuading people from buying because I just don't want anyone else to have it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness our ethos hasn't changed at the end of 2023. (laughs) It'd be really awkward if I was like, so guys, just hit me up. I'll sell you whatever you like, like, except this one. This one's not for you. You'll hate it. All of you will hate this. Um, I really love this because this fits with a lot of what I really love about this distillery. So I already mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, that this particular style and then it's a cask that I haven't had a huge exposure to mm-hmm. um, and when it was an option for us to have something from a this cask which I'll say in a minute I started thinking about where else have I had the opportunity to try so there's not many I think the first one that came to my mind actually was a Teeling uh, whiskey which yeah. is from Dublin mm-hmm. I was just there at Teeling Distillery I had okay. a bowl great distillery you should check out that just got to mention the last extra extra yeah they're a lot of fun um the so they have bottled in this cask and then there's a pair of sister distilleries that i have seen do something and that is bunahaven and deanston i had previously only only mentioned deanston but our good friend flo uh, correspondent (laughs) of the podcast and number one fan unrivaled number one fan of deanston mm-hmm. corrected me and said there are deanston ones in this cask <laughs> happy uh, festivus flow <laughs> sorry flow i'm glad you're keeping me on track uh, and then yeah there must be a couple of others but i have a feeling that this is a cask that i think maybe more people will try so shall i tell you what cask it's in yes please it please in jump the, in it's in the old banyuls cask Mm, which is a great like an annual Daniel manual yeah very mysterious banyuls uh, which for those of you who don't know it's a sweet French wine Mm -hmm. and I am going to make it my mission this Christmas to try some actual banyuls wine with some cheeses I'm thinking yeah some cheese on the go is it is it consumed a la port madeira it's that kind of style like a desert style sweeter fortified wine yeah. so, so not so much drunk in a red wine glass no um, uh, this is drunk in a well I, there are some people in this house for example who drink sauternes as pint measures but <laughs> it's not generally recommended <laughs> I'm telling you though in, in, in Spain what, what did Miguel Martin tell us when we were traveling with him in, in, in I almost said Juarez definitely not Juarez in, in Jerez and, and he had said Oh no! What it wasn't Miguel Martin. It was Luis from um, or Mario. What shit? I'm forgetting names. <laughs> this is a cracking story. <laughs> Somebody from, from somewhere from Lestal. Something. Okay. From Lestal. And I think uh-huh. I think it was Mario. And he had said, "This is wine. You drink it from a wine glass because it is wine." But not to the. You don't. That's three quarters of suggest a... you pour it as right. you would pour wine. That's someone selling volume. That's someone selling right? volume, yes. <laughs> you should absolutely drink your whiskey from pint glasses. Just a wee pour in the bottom. No, fill it up. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag please drink the whole bottle responsibly, <laughs> but quickly because we need to sell you more. So I feel like people probably don't drink this in those sorts of quantities. It's very sweet, but like I think the the trick to all good sweet wines, whether it's a Saturns, whether it's a Banyols, where it's a whatever, is that the sweetness has to be matched by an acidity. Yes. And so to stop mm. it being just essentially a bottle of delicious jam that gets you drunk. So. <laughs> oh, oh, you had me in a bottle of delicious jam. Yeah. Oh, my God. My, my mouth started watering immediately. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's Banyol. So I don't really think this needs any further introduction. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. How, how's, it, how's it been doing as you've been pouring it along the way? Pretty good. Not, not I, that you are pouring it along the way because you're trying to save it all have, for yourself. I did have my arm twisted really hard to want to give any of this out. Uh, I am, of course, referring to our Westland, uh, the very first R.W. Westland, uh, and it is the nine-year-old from Banyuls, which I'm showing the colour to the screen, which none of the podcast listeners can see the colour. Yeah, so except that you all know it's Iron Brew Dyed Koi Cup. And I love the new livery. It looks so great in the bottle. Oh, it does. It's just super it's, I'm nice. I'm very proud of this. This this whole release, I think this fifth release so far, and with no offense to any other previous people we have bowled, I think it's my favorite release across the board of everything put together. I think it's a really strong collection. Wow. Uh, of everything. So that's my favorite of the ROW releases. But the Westland for me is an absolute pinnacle to a bold. And it's absolutely not doing a disservice to anybody else because I already made, like, for example, the Arthur Merkin, my exciting distillery uh, of the year. That's what Which I'm calling that category, by the way. Bye. Which is also an ROW. <laughs> but I, I don't want you to think that, like, I've picked this because I think it's the best. It's because it's the one I am most proud of getting all the way to market. Mm. To those people who have spoken to me about bringing this Westland in, it was an absolute labor of love bringing wind cask from seattle to the uk let me tell you it's incredibly stressful <laughs> Bring yeah. one little cask on its own uh, and there has definitely been a period of time where we've put a couple if not a few westlands into lottery in america mm-hmm. and the question comes up when's jess westland's number one fan globally uh going to get a cask for row we're working on it. We're working on it. Watch this space. It's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. And now it's here. And now it's your SCN pick of 2023. Yeah. And if I was that kind of person, I could say, oh, I could retire now. Uh, I've done a Westland. <laughs> uh, until I managed to get those 60s Bowmores, uh, there's really no greater accolade I could win. So. I'm glad. I'm glad there's still something else on your something to bottle to list. For. <laughs> 50s <laughs> Don't forget fifties for Mortlock. <laughs> that that is very true. I would never forget that. I I'm willing to go whatever boss level of I don't know <laughs> cage fighting I need to do to get at those. Uh, but I I've looked a man square in the face and said, "What do I have to do?" And he laughed at me. So. I will have to rethink my game plan on that one and uh, come back with a new plan for 2024. <laughs> so, just, just, yeah. to be, just to be clear on the podcast, if 10,000 10, nation members sent in a million pounds or dollars or euros each, Gosh. we could make a 1950s mortal happen. Just am I right in saying that? Uh, is that not the top tier of next year's Giving Tuesday? No, the... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. It was in yeah, the podcast earlier. Need... Were you not listening? Yeah, do we need to uh, turn single cast nations into a 501c to make that happen? I think we do. I think we do. <laughs> it sounds like paperwork. I, I, it'll never work. 
Look, the nation members are incredibly loyal and I enjoy their enthusiasm massively. They've already blackmailed you into producing a four times a year comeback of the Jubilee. They could make anything happen. <laughs> four times? Woof. <laughs> There's a lot of states in the US. You're going to have to get busy quickly. Uh, all right, Joshua, let's hear. Uh, let's see where this goes. All right. This, this was a tough one. Because I think 2023 was was a year of, of really interesting releases. And, and interesting in that we had we had more ROW. We we changed our packaging for ROW, which was which mm -hmm. was really nice, really special. Um, we introduced distilleries we hadn't bottled from before. Mm -hmm. And and this falls within that that category. This is from a distillery we hadn't bottled from before. Jason smiles at Joshua. I think uh, I already have my hunches. And this is Distillery Direct. We did not we did not acquire this from a broker. We acquired it directly from the distillery. I think all three of us have made our personal most obvious SCN pick so let's see if this continues and he doesn't zag in the middle of his zig we purchased two casks from them so far so good but only bottled one so far so far so good <laughs> and then the last clue that I'll give is was it last year I think it was last year Last year, they were my favorite non-SCN pick of the year with, with a single Pinot Noir <laughs> cask. And it, it, it's, uh, this, this, I think, talks I to the quality of the spirit. That, that last year I had, I, I don't even know how old it was. It didn't, doesn't even matter how old it was. But it was that single Pinot Noir cask selected by our, our friend Nando from Execs Whiskey Club. And, yep. and this one is a, a single New Chard Oak cask. And this is American <laughs> single malt. And from cask to cask, the spirit just shines and does things that no one else is doing and this is what i love that's why it's one of my criteria i want to be surprised i want to be taken off guard it is our six-year-old westward american single malt new charred oak yeah just just phenomenal you know and it was a weird one too. weird in that you know this was one of the few distilleries that we visited where in the U.S., where Jason, you were not with us. It was it was me. Mm -hmm. It was Elijah, uh, sadly no longer with Single Cast Nation, and and with yep. our good friend Johnny Balderay, aka Whiskey and Donuts, and and being with Miles Monroe, who's the distillery manager there, master distiller. You know, just getting to to be in his company and just you know get the feel of the distillery was pretty special and, and going through the warehouse tasting from cast to cast i'm like that one's awesome okay that one's awesome okay that one's awesome and so yeah yeah this absolutely. is it's, it's one that i return to early and often because it's i like floral so yeah i just listen i love it i'm gonna leave it there i love it 
It knocks my socks off every time. Westward, run, don't walk. Just remarkable, remarkable liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Well well said. And and to an earlier point I made about pouring at Premier Drams, right? Folk were like, Westward, oh, I've had them. And they're in Seattle, right? And I'd say, no, they're in Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. You're thinking of Westland? Oh, Westland, Westward. Okay. They're not the same thing. I always thought they were the same thing. <laughs> nope. 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 Could could I pour you some of this Westward? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then they would do the double take. Yeah. Like, well, what did I just drink? Yeah. You know, yeah. they you know they they went from, well, if it's not Westland, I can dismiss it, to I've tasted it and I can't dismiss it. Mm. Right. And you and I got to see people's eyeballs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were like, oh, I'm sipping it and I'm moving on. Oh, but now I'm looking you back can't. at the bottle. You can't. What, exactly. What is that? You can't because because whiskey hadn't tasted like this. It just hadn't. These flavors weren't present, and, and they come through from cast type to cast type. And, and with this one, it's so nice to hear that, that you know people had their first experience of westward through one of our bottlings and it's quite true to their style right new charred oak you know there's really not much else getting in the way and and i like that i like you know it gets back to 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 our earliest days jason when we would pour our aaron and our kilhoman in our ben riach and we'd say absolutely raise your hand who's who's heard of this distillery and they haven't who's had whiskey from this distillery and they haven't and then it, it turns heads and it opens eyes and, and we get to do that twelve years later. And you know, the hope is that we get to do that in fifteen years and in twenty years and continue yeah. to surprise people. And yeah, yeah so 100%. really, really proud of, of this one and our relationship with this and the next cask we're about to release. But as far as twenty twenty three goes, <laughs> fucking hell, if this isn't my top pick, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's interesting listening to the two of you, and I'm I'm only going to add on to what you've both said uh, with my own pick. <laughs> but I I remember back in the early days where we would talk about sourcing casks, tasting samples of those casks, and we always said at Single Cast Nation, we want to take what we are sampling from cask and put in bottle for you yeah. in the nation. Yep. And then it was whether you were the online nation or the retail nation, now the global nation. We we wanted to to take something special and put it into bottle. Mm-hmm. And in listening to the two of you and knowing my own thoughts on what I'm about to say, we've we've added a level to this, which is for Jess, it's being at Westland. It's being at the distillery. It's being in the warehouse. For you, Joshua, it's going out to Westward. It's meeting Miles Monroe. It's tasting from casks. For me, it's going to this distillery. It's tasting with the distillery manager Mm. and the master blender and the rickhouse manager and learning their insights about their distillery and now conveying that to the nation and being excited about what else we Mm. know about these distilleries 
And it's not just the cask that we've selected that's in bottle. You just said this a second ago, right? There might be another cask coming from Westward in 24. We did a cask selection at Westland in November for 2024. Mm. I've been discussing the possibility of a cast selection with nation members with this distillery that I'm about to mention, right? And so it, it strikes me that we've, we've even moved over these 12 years, we've even moved from it's just the cask to bottle to it's the distillery and the producers and the people mm. and all of that mm -hmm. making its way through the cask and into bottle. And so... Do you want to say it out loud at the same time? You know what what I've selected as my SCN I, of the year. I'm ready. I know. I know what it is. It can't. It can't be any other because I, I know where your heart lies, and I know right? who you've spoken with, and <laughs> if this Westward cask didn't exist, it it may mm. be my runner up. It may be my runner up, and this was. A cask you selected without me initially, if I'm not mistaken. It, initially, I brought this to you. You said, as I a, think that this is, I think I this think is it. I think this is our next from this distillery. But I did bring you three samples. You did bring me three, but you were like, the style. it's got to be this one. I'm like, of course it's that one. It's like, it couldn't be yeah. any other one. And you selected blind the one that I thought was the winner out of those samples as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't lead the witness even though yes so um our virginia distillery company five-year-old str cask and and again to, to the point that both of you are making when you spend time at the distillery and you're tasting through things that aren't even up for selection i, I think this is an experience for both of you from ardna Merkin as well when you're just simply learning about the distillery profile and you're learning about what they're doing internally for their own distillery, for their own brands, I think it it adds, it, it's value added mm -hmm. to the selections that we're then making for the nation. And the, the three of us are all talking about the exact same thing when it comes to loving a distillery and loving the people and making a selection and sharing that selection. In some instances, I'm not doing a very good job of sh of selling this VDC, right? I'm keeping this internally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not sold out. We're not pushing it hard. We're, we're right. kind of, if one sells out, it sells out. <laughs> and if, you know, a six-pack makes it to my house while it's working, it's on being sold out, then that'll be tickety-boo. So, yeah, just just a cracker. Just a great, great drinker and, mm -hmm. and one I love. And, and, yes, we're already talking about what might 2024 look like. Uh, for a VDC selection. Do I think that's really interesting that the three of us independently have picked? Uh, I, I would definitely call myself, and I think you two as well, predominantly of the whiskey at large with all its various spellings, uh, <laughs> scotch drinkers, Absolutely, single malt yep. scotch whiskey drinkers, yep. and yet independently the three of us have come up with three American single malts. Absolutely. Right. And I, def yeah. I definitely, for all of my love of Wesson, my first love is really Scotch whiskey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's uh, it's just very interesting to me that we've bottled a ton of really good Scotch whiskey, and yet us, the American company, have actually just uh, ignored all of that. 
<laughs> it obviously comes with a massive comes with a massive caveat emptor like like i say and i said earlier you know it doesn't mean that anything else we bottled we don't love we're not passionate about i just think it's really interesting that we've picked three american single malts all of which are still in single digit ages so again maybe yeah. helping to dispel that myth that whiskey needs to be 10 years and older to be any good uh and you know here we are talking about a, a totally new category that's you know growing and emerging with some really exciting very passionate people behind the liquid mm. that's coming out mm-hmm. and obviously yep. it has it has won us over and i think we're helping to win the nation members over by occasionally selling them a bottle or putting it up <laughs> in a lottery and not giving them any of it uh, so I, to me i think it's very interesting because the scene for american single malt here in the uk is obviously very different to how it is in the u.s people are still a little bit suspicious of the concept, but, you know, like putting liquid to somebody and say, well, just try this, and then we can talk about what American single malt means, or we can talk about what whiskey that comes from not Scotland means. Like, let's let's first of all, fundamentally, do you like this or not? That's the first starting point we have here. And from there, we can go into the technicalities, the production, the differences in mash bills, casks, cask filling strengths, all these, like, little number details as geeks we love to kind of uh, sit and think about and get really lost down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, those sort of details. Like, fundamentally, do you like it or not is the question at the end of the day. And it seems very interesting to me that the three of us, without conferring, have all yep. picked. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe it's a bit biased because mm. it's it's bottled by us. So we sort of knew what we were doing there. But I think it's <laughs> it's interesting to yeah, me I mean, you're, that you're, we've come up with three of these. Your point is a very good one because we've bottled some amazing scotch whiskies yeah we have right back to arden american <laughs> right, <laughs> back to arden yeah, american. right. Uh, but we've had a ton of cool stuff and we didn't even get to grains like we've put out an absolute banger of a little invergordon yeah just in this release there's been some yeah. really nice stuff yeah there's a whole raft of stuff that we have put out and it, it's just funny to me that we've settled on quite a like an absolute niche of a niche of the whiskey world but, but I also wonder, you know, n- none of us named runners up. All three of us were very good and went straight to our, our selection. But but our uh, U.S. retail double cask Inchgower mm-hmm. was my runner up here. And so the, the thing for me is... You and me both. And I think you may have just alluded to this, Jess. Scotch is such a known category and commodity right now. And yes, it's, it's Inchgower and maybe... Not everybody's talking about Inchgower the way not everybody's been talking about Dal Ewan, but we've really been championing Dal Ewan. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to Scotch, I think it's easy to say, oh yeah, I can imagine that was your best of the year. It's Scotch, right? I think there's something to be said for, and I had this thing in America, or we released this thing from America that really needs your attention. Yeah. And I think you would be rewarded to pay it attention and give it a taste. And, and I think that's what Steve Hawley's been doing with the, you know, the, the commission, the American Single Malt Whiskey mm-hmm. Commission. Mm-hmm. I think it's what Chris Riesbeck was doing when he was still with Westland and he was part of the commission. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to these producers at American Single Malt Distilleries. They are excited. They are passionate. They are enthusiastic. They are excited to take their product obviously across the US, but also global and turn heads. 
And it's it's really exciting to be at the forefront of it. It's not even ratified yet. And here okay. we are sitting here saying each of us has an American single malt whiskey as their SCN release of the year. So I, I think it is exciting. We've said that throughout the course of 2023 on this podcast, that the rise of American single malt whiskey is very exciting. And we are sitting here at the forefront of this movement. Yep. I, I'm really digging that. So I'm going to yep. continue to champion this stuff. And I'm, I'm honored to have the two of you along, along for the ride. And the three of us are championing this stuff and believe in it wholeheartedly. And I'm going to continue to reluctantly share this with people that I like. Exactly. <laughs> and I and will. And people insist on trying it. <laughs> I'm happy to share this with, with people that I like, Jess. Okay. <laughs> Man, so, that, so, so that's it. That is our 2023 year in review. If anyone knows where the missing yeah. six months are, uh, please send a note to influencesinglecastnation.com. I don't remember anything after coming out of the wilderness at the end of June. I tell you, if if I had to, if I had to choose, you know, favorite favorite people to work with in twenty twenty three, it'd be you two. There you go. There you go. God, that could have go. got really awkward really quick. Yeah, here come the Imagine runners up. Imagine if he was like, "It's one of you," but I'm not telling you which. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, one of you won the category. One of you was second runner up. <laughs> second <laughs> runner up. Because <laughs> I liked myself I even over you. <laughs> it wouldn't be an incomplete list otherwise, would it? <laughs> Uh, all right all right well there we go well there we go i guess i guess it's time to toast our glasses to okay to our favorite episode to our favorite event to our favorite non-scn whiskey to our to our most impressive distillery of the year to our favorite single cast nation whiskey of the year to our favorite (laughs) single cast nation employee of the year (laughs) beautiful (laughs) here's to all right a very no good 2024 for us all. Absolutely. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Thank you Jess and Joshua, everyone that joined us in 2023. Keep listening. Here comes 2024. Those were quick all elephants from Jason, though. He's those, are, those are our normal behind-the-scenes elephants. We just quick. get shit done. He's been quick these days. Jeez. Yeah, yeah you, you're enough in our circle now, Jess, that when we do a guest, like one elephant, two elephants, you're in our circle, so you get one elephant, two elephant, three elephant. Okay. <laughs> Don't listen to Jess. He's just showing off. I'll show Jess how fast I can count elephants. I can, do, I can say the word elephant really fast. Much faster than I can say the word Mississippi. Get that up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we spell Mississippi five times in every episode. Yeah. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. 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 Could you imagine if we did that to guests? So we spell Mississippi five times so that when Joshua gets all the files, he can zip them together. We should start uh, spelling encyclopedia together. 
<laughs> E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A. E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A. This, was a, this is one of those weird uh, spelling bee things you guys are really into that I've never understood. <laughs> I think it's the season as well, is it not? Is it season for spelling bee? Is there a season for spelling... Of course, oh, very much. So what yes. a stupid. Here, let, you let, people at home with fuck all else happening on their TV, and they don't want to speak to their family. So you put on children spelling really wild words. 